different avenues of the great Disney universe. This week, for the first time in a long time, we've got a full crew. And it's a great week to have everybody here, because our very own Jedi Master Trip Planner, Adrian, is fresh back from a quick weekend trip for a Pandora preview. So, I'm just going to let her take it over. Because there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to be cooler than what she's going to say. So, <laughs> so we're going to open the floor to Adrian and then uh, and hear all about it. We all are very excited to hear about this this new land that just opened up in Animal Kingdom. All right. Well, I'm I want to preface the whole thing with saying that I've never seen the movie Avatar, so I don't know any of the geeky stuff about it, which I know is really difficult to understand about me, given who I am. <laughs> But I made it about 20 minutes into the movie and I was done. It was just not my thing. But I was, I'm always excited about new things at Disney. And I've been particularly excited about these new projects that they're doing, Pandora and Toy Story and Star Wars, because I feel like they're competing with Universal and these new, new immersive lands that have become so popular. And so I was really excited to see their take on it because I love the Harry Potter worlds in Universal. So I was really excited to see how Disney would one-up them. But we, my husband and I went and had a, everyone that got a pass holder preview went for a two-hour window. Our window was from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., which apparently I didn't think through well enough because I didn't get to see all the cool bioluminescent stuff that comes on at night. But we got to Animal Kingdom at about 230 and well, no, we got there about two, but we made it over that way about two thirty, and expected to see a long line of people waiting to go in. But instead, we were greeted with a single cast member that just said, "Here, let me see your magic bands," and scanned us right on in. So I, I think we had talked earlier about how they weren't super strict with the time limits of when you were to arrive and when you were when you were supposed to get kicked out because no one kicked us out; we just kind of left. But anyway, so we got in there about 2.30, and a cast member greeted us with a park map specifically set up just for the new land and just basically said, if you have questions, we're here, but just go enjoy, see see what you want to see, and, and let us know if there's anything we can do to help. So I was immediately completely overwhelmed with the scenery. I had watched a few YouTube videos of people who had gone through, and anybody that has know that it's it's, it's completely overwhelming. I'm looking at the pictures that I took now that I posted up on my Facebook, but it's just, it's so green. <laughs> and like I said, since I hadn't seen the movie, I don't, I don't know what's supposed to, well, I mean, you can tell because if they look out otherworldly, then obviously they don't belong here on earth, but <laughs> there's so much like avatar, like Pandoran greenery and plant life mixed in with, you know, regular earthly plant life, you really honestly can't tell the difference. And cast members were explaining to us about which things like glow at night. There were these little blue pods that glow and every, pretty much anywhere you saw the little green, it's hard to explain, but like a limish green, then you knew that that was something that was gonna glow as it, as the night got darker. But I couldn't, I literally couldn't stop taking pictures. <laughs> like my cool. husband was like, are we going to move from this spot? <laughs> I'm like, eventually, I promise. But everything was, it was, I mean, what, like I said, when I walked into Harry Potter World at Universal, the, the immersion was there, but you could still see the rest of the park. 
You know, like I knew Jurassic World was behind me when I walked in. But here, it's completely secluded. There is nothing to take you out of that immersion. And I found that to be so, I mean, it just took you right in. And you don't hear any of the park sounds. They have speakers all over the world where you're just hearing different animal noises and different things like that that would be native to Pandora. So there's nothing to take you out of take you out of that immersion. Even the cast members' um, name tags have their name, their city, their country, and then also Earth. <laughs> so oh, really? to make sure that yeah, so they've added you know planet. A planet, a planet designation to their to their name badges, which I thought was really nice. And they were all completely in it. They were selling it. You know, the cast members were telling us how you know they've only been on Pandora for two months, so they're still learning things themselves. And you know, the last time they visited Earth was maybe six months ago, and uh, and things like that. So they were completely selling oh, wow. it. Wow. So they were they were totally. I forgot that that was the story there. That the the cast members that were there were supposed to. Uh be like they are on the expedition as well i guess is, is the whole yeah. story yeah so oh, it was cool. just it was it was really cool and and no one slipped once you know so it was it was really great so like i said when you just when you first walk in and you start seeing all the plant life and all the scenery and everything it it just takes you a little while to take it all in because it was just it was beautiful um but we decided after <laughs> So I finally stopped taking pictures because I was like, I am kind of on the time limit here. <laughs> <laughs> we we decided we were going to do Flight of Passage because of the two attractions, the two new attractions, that's the one that I was most excited about. And so we were, we were trying to figure out how to get there. And this is the one <laughs> thing that, <laughs> I mean, it's a small, it's a fairly small area of the park, but there are no signs, literally no signs. So there's nothing like when you're walking through Animal Kingdom and it says Kilimanjaro Safaris this way. There's nothing like that. Right. And there's not even a sign that says this is Flight of Passage. <laughs> it's hmm. a totem. So it's like this woven, giant woven banshee or the rep their representation of a banshee that lets you know that you're in the right spot before you finally see the front of the queue line. So I got completely turned around, had to ask a cast member, like, am I headed in the right direction? And she's like, yeah, just hand up, go under the floating mountains and you'll find it. Um, but even with the park map, I, I'm i useless with maps anyway. You don't want me navigating your way anywhere. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but once we once we found our way there, I was like, well, duh, you know, there it is. But um the queue, I took a video of some of the queue and I took lots of pictures of the queue for Flight of Passage. It is long. And when I tell you it is long, I am not at all being facetious. It is the longest queue line I have ever walked through. <laughs> <laughs> it wanders up through all the greenery. I mean, it's really cool how they did it because it, it goes from Pandoran into the more scientific part of it. And it it turns into that very gradually like at first you're just walking outside and then you go through these caves with all these cave paintings on it and then you slowly get more industrial as you go in before it becomes full on um i forget what it's called ace or something whatever it is the company that's providing you with this experience the queue is beautiful and that was another thing that i again just couldn't stop taking pictures because everywhere i went there was something new to see or a new angle or or something and i just i couldn't stop myself <laughs> but i if you've spoiled yourself on any variation of social media you've seen the animatronic that's floating in water of the avatar yes and seeing it in person was so mind-blowing how it's done because I mean everybody of course like stops at that point but you just got this like how tall are they like eight nine feet something like that I tall and he's just floating and then every once in a while like his feet kick or his tail twitches and it's just so lifelike that it's um, it's creepy basically like it goes from really neat to wow <laughs> Like, maybe I should move because I'm afraid it's going to open an eye at me or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then once you get past that, it 
you move pretty quickly to the actual queue. And I think I added it up. You end up getting placed into rows of 16 people at a time. Wow. And I counted six different queues that those 16 people could line up into. So approximately 100 people or so, a little bit less, can ride the attraction at a single time. Um, so I figured that's pretty good. That, so even though they're expecting big weights, I think that hopefully it'll move through fairly quickly. Um, I don't know what how many people, what the capacity is for Soren, but it was it seemed similar to that. Okay. But once you're actually in the actual part, you know the story, kind of like Mission Space. You know, you have to go through the little story part first. So they've got a video of a guy who's telling you how they're going to genetically match you to an avatar, and then it's going to feel like you're riding on a banshee. And the creator of it all, I think her name was Dr. Ogden. I had to watch that video many times. Um, she kind of explains the whole process, and then they have you stand on your number, and then there's a video camera on you, and it says it's going to connect, it's going to... Um, get your genetic material, understand your genetic makeup, and you're supposed to wave around and move, and, and you do, and you see it up on the camera, and it looks all goofy, and people giggle, and <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun, and then you see your number and the avatar, the picture of the avatar that you're matched to, and then take you to a second room where you get the instructions for the actual ride vehicle, and basically, if, again, if you haven't seen it already, it looks like if you go to a arcade and you know how they have the motorcycle rides, you know, yes. like, like a race car, but a motorcycle. Yep. Um, it, it basically looks like that. So you climb onto it like that, like you're riding a motorcycle and then you scoot all the way forward and a, it's almost like the lap belt, but it comes up against your back and then two come up against the back of your legs. And then you look down and it's matching you and connecting you to the avatar and then you wear these goggles, the 3D goggles, which are not comfortable and awkward. Um, I haven't found a pair of 3D goggles yet that isn't, but these were especially so. Like they felt like they <laughs> sat like right at the top of my nose and like I felt like they were gonna come off the whole time. Hmm. But then as soon as you get you get connected and you look up, it almost looks like Star Wars hyperspace coming at you. And then all of a sudden you're on the Banshee and I have no idea what the technology is that went behind this thing, but I've been calling this ride Soren on crack because that's basically <laughs> what it feels like. Like you're, and I had that big stupid grin on my face. Like I did when I watched Soren too. And you're, it's, I can't even describe it. That's terrible. Cause that's the whole point. But it, it really does feel like you're flying. And the ride vehicle that you're on breathes in and out and you feel it against your legs. So it's just another added layer that they've done to really immerse you in the ride. And then there's smells. Like the second I got in there, I said, it smells like something. It smells like Soren. And I don't <laughs> know if it's the same scent or what, but it smells, initially it smells just like one of the scents from Soren. And I can't tell you which one because I have a terrible nose. But, but it changes throughout the ride, and at some point you go over water, and you get sprayed in the face with water, and you're misted. And uh, it's very exhilarating. Like, I knew my, my heart rate went up a lot. And then it kind of brings you down. It's, the pacing of it was very nice. And I don't want to, like, give anything away as to the actual, what your, the ride experience is like, but... It has to be experienced. If Soren is your thing, if Mission Space is your thing, if that kind of thing doesn't make you sick, then that ride is, it has become my favorite attraction of any park that I've ever attended ever. Wow. And we went back and did it again because I had to. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to be <laughs> nice. able to walk straight onto this thing ever again. <laughs> so we're doing it again. And then you get off and of course makes you go through a, um, a gift shop, which we didn't stop and look at any of the stuff because I know I wasn't going to buy it. But it's all specific to Pandora. There's no, You're not going to find like a Mickey 2017 mug or anything in there. It's all Avatar Pandora related t-shirts and we saw necklaces and the big popular thing apparently is this little banshee that you can have on your shoulder, like a puppet kind of thing. We saw something that looked like 
a My Little Pony version of a banshee um, as we were walking through. But, you know, it all looked neat, but we're just not souvenir people, so I didn't really explore that too much. <laughs> After that, we went to do the other attraction, which is the Navi River Journey, which was, it's very family-friendly. It's another, it's a boat ride, basically. It had a pretty good capacity, too. I don't remember how many people could fit on your boat. Hey, 12, 15 people, maybe. I'm not sure. So, like, small world, <laughs> small world yeah. boats, pirates yeah. boats? Yeah, pretty much. And then you, it just kind of takes you down to the water, and it, basically, it's just to show off the bioluminescence, I think. I mean, it's beautiful, and it was calming, and it was a nice break to go through the ride. And then, of course, the... The climax of that one is to when you see the animatronic, the Shaman of Songs. I posted a video of that too, and I'll post it on the Diz Explorers page. But it's amazing. When I think about, say, Small World, and you think about what animatronics used to be to where it is now, her facial expressions change. Her The fluidity of her hands and arms are so lifelike that you have to remind yourself that that's not a person sitting up there. And and I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, and that's a full animatronic, right? It's not like the ones in Frozen where it's a projection face like Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a projection face. Wow, and that's nuts. I, I saw like the little videos that the that Disney put out on it and it looked absolutely insane. So I could only imagine seeing it up close doing every you know all those motions and stuff. And I've gone back and I watched the video that I took a couple of different times. Because, you know, when you're in it and you're experiencing it, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. But then when I go back, it's just as amazing the amount of work and technology and detail that Disney put in to just that one animatronic. Right. I was completely blown away. Completely blown away. Now, I will say that once I've ridden that ride once, I'm done. I'm good. That's <laughs> not something. <laughs> you know, it's really pretty. And like I said, it's calming and it's restful and all that good stuff. But it's not something that... I'm going to say, I've got to have a fast pass for that every time I go to Animal Kingdom. You know what I mean? But it was. It was lovely. Absolutely lovely. And I do have a fast pass for that next time we go. But basically because it's my three-year-old, it's not tall enough for Flight of Passage. Otherwise, we'd, I'd have done that. But but it was. It was beautiful. And once we left the river journey, which was very short, too. Two minutes, maybe? Two and a half minutes? The boat ride? Yeah, it was very really? short. Yeah, it was very short. I was surprised. Wow. I will say this, though. I forgot about this part. There are screens that are also in the attraction. So, like, you're seeing a scene with the bioluminescent flora and whatnot. And then behind it, tucked in, is a screen that you don't really realize is a screen. But it's showing a video of maybe their native deer or whatever their animal life is called and it also looks it doesn't look flat it looks like there's depth and there's steps to it behind so it was also very well done and it's placed in there so well in several different areas that you don't notice that it's not an actual animal walking behind wow. so i will say again the technology and the design and everything is absolutely top notch and we'll ride it again it's just not something that i'm like oh my gosh i have to do that again um, so those are the two attractions. And then there are two food offerings or two different places where you can get food and drink. The one that we went to is the Satuli Canteen, which is the quick service. It was fairly decently priced. Um, a couple of different things that you can get to eat there. You, They have a create your own bowl where you get to choose a base. Then you choose a protein. And then you choose the dressing that goes on it. So I got that. I got a quinoa and vegetable base with chicken and an herb dressing, and it was delicious. I thoroughly enjoyed it and cleaned my plate. It was delicious. My husband got the steamed pods. He got the cheeseburger steamed pods, which came with vegetable chips and like a veggie slaw. The steamed pods were good. I'd heard somebody on YouTube describe them as tasting exactly like a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> and that's pretty much exactly it. <laughs> I mean, they were good, but it's not like a gourmet burger. It just tastes like something that the masses would really enjoy, if that makes sense. 
And we also got both of the desserts. They offer a chocolate cake and a blueberry cream cheese mousse. The chocolate cake was really, really rich and dark chocolate. So it was kind of bitter. And they call it a cake, but it didn't taste like a cake. It didn't have the texture of a cake. It had the texture of a mousse with maybe a cookie on the bottom, but it was still good. And then the blueberry cream cheese mousse was delicious. That was definitely my favorite thing. They also have a um, non-alcoholic drink called the Pandoran Sunrise, which we got because I was, you know, I was like, I might as well sample as much of many things as I can. And it was Powerade, basically. <laughs> you know, like how you get all those little signature drinks for kids at the different restaurants, you know, they come like a light up Tinkerbell or something. That's what it tasted like. Just a, it was just a regular old juice. It wasn't anything special. <laughs> You know, they have a couple of different beers too. They have like a green grog beer. We didn't try any of those. They also have wine by the glass. They had some sangria, I think. We, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, weren't you with your husband? Yeah, but we weren't feeling it. What the hell matter with him? I know, right? <laughs> and he likes beer. I know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but well, maybe he's weirded out by green beer. I don't know. <laughs> but we mixed that. But it was all, like I said, it was all really good. I love how in Animal Kingdom, you know, they're so focused on ecosystems and making recycle, reuse, all of that good stuff. So all of it's on real plates with real forks, the paper straws, you know. Um, so I really like that too. And it, plus, even when you're at a quick service, if you have a real plate, it doesn't make you feel like you're at a quick service necessarily. The seating was gorgeous. I took, I don't think I took enough pictures of the inside of the canteen, but it's huge. Most of it is indoors. I'd say 75% of the seating is probably indoors. There's some outdoor seating too, but it's, it's so different. And that's what I love because I hate when you go to even some of the better restaurants on Disney property, you're still looking at tables and booths. You know, and it looks like a regular restaurant that you're walking into. Right. But this one, every the walls are curved, the booth sides are curved, and it just it looks like it was carved out of a cave as opposed to man-made. Does that make sense? So it very much felt like it fit into the overall theming. But yeah, we loved every everything that we ate. It was all really, really good. And there's another one, and like I said, there's another place that you can get, I think, just maybe little things to eat and drinks. And that's Pongu Pongu. And they have alcoholic and non-alcoholic, like, frozen beverages, um, which we didn't get a chance to go into. But, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And I was surprised. I mean, as long as this thing took, there are two new attractions, two places for food and beverage, and two places for merchandise. And that's pretty much it. So we tried everything that we could try that we had time to try. We left maybe five after five. Our time was from three to five. So we spent about two and a half hours in there. Did flight of passage twice. It did break down. So it's still having a lot of issues on our second go round. Okay. No, on our first go round, when you're in the genetic matching room, the video screen comes up and the guy that's been talking to you goes, Oh, Hmm. Wait a minute. I've got to go talk to somebody and you get like a please stand by thing. And I thought that was part <laughs> of it. Like I really did. Cause it was our first time on. Right. Right. And right. So I thought, well, you know, they got to keep you in here so that the people who are currently on it, you know, have time to get on and off or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I really thought that was part of it. <laughs> and, and not only that, but when it was matching you, once you were in the ride vehicle, it's stuck at like 65% loaded or ever. <laughs> and again, I just thought that was part of it. Yeah. I was wrong because on our second time around that didn't the hold up we've got a problem screen didn't come up but then it got stuck somewhere else and they actually had to take us out of that load room and into a different load room and then when it was loading it didn't get stuck at the 65 it just went straight to 100 huh. so but I do like that if there's a mistake or if there's a problem or if there's a breakdown or whatever it's creatively put in there for stall time right so they so that it doesn't take you out of the experience. I think they've learned by now. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> but I fully expect, I was looking at the hours for when it for when Animal Kingdom will be open as soon as Pandora opens officially on the 27th. It opens at 8 o'clock in the morning. I think it doesn't close until 11 o'clock at night. And then it has extra magic hours from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Wow. So, yeah. So we're talking there's only a seven-hour period of the day where Animal Kingdom will be closed. It's like Magic, um, it's like magic Kingdom hours. Like during Christmas, right? Like yeah. craziness. But not even extra magic hours in the morning. It just genuinely opens at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. Well, that's yeah. that's right on par. That's I mean, if it starts opening at 7, then... Right. Then that's a little early. Well, you know but... what, though? I, I, they're probably, between th- that being open full-time and the response that it's getting that I've seen on social media is nothing but pretty much what you've been saying. Well, I, I, yeah, it's, yeah. People have been singing their praises. You know, I haven't heard really any negativity or anything that's like, oh, this was, this was a waste of three years and, you know, billions of dollars and da 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 It's It's all been pretty much on par with what what you had just said to us. So I think between rivers of light doing two showings and then this, mm-hmm. they're just preparing for the numbers. I'm sure it'll, right. adju- I'm sure it'll adjust. I, I don't, I think leaving it uh, extra magic hours till one in the morning is probably a little, uh, overboard, but you never know. Well, I can see how a lot of crowds, you know, usually you're going to lose a lot of crowds after maybe the first Rivers of Light showing. But given all the work that they put into the detail at nighttime, I can see how they expect crowds to stay pretty steady throughout the whole stream of the day. Um, right. That's true, too. So I'm because that was the big thing that I was upset about is leaving at five o'clock. It doesn't get dark till eight o'clock. I don't get to see any of that stuff. So when we go back, I'm definitely going back in the evening because I want to see all of it. Yeah, definitely. Are they still doing the Tree of Life thing, too, where they do yes. projections on the Tree of Life? Yeah, yeah and so. I heard that they're actually going to start that on the backside of the Tree of Life, too. Oh, cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's just a rumor, I think, that I heard. But Right. So I think Animal Kingdom, I love Animal Kingdom at night, yes. personally, already. Yeah. But I do think that they are definitely preparing for lots of crowds. They, I think they've learned a little bit from some of the attractions that they've opened recently, say Frozen Ever After, to try to mitigate some of that a little bit and hopefully spread it out some. I will say that since I didn't get a Fast Pass for Flight of Passage in my next trip, that I've already informed my family that we will be at the park at 730. <laughs> <laughs> a <Atta> girl. <laughs> and those who don't have strollers will be running to Pandora and they will be getting me a fast pass or they will be getting me a rider swap so that I don't miss it while I lag behind with the three year old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wonder if they see how popular this is, if they don't move that start time on some magic mornings to seven o'clock. And they may do that and they may have to do that because I mean, we're also entering summer period where it's going to be busier anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think I love, like I said, I love animal kingdom. But it's a half-day park for me, and this would make me want to be in the park longer, or at least multiple times. We still take a break in the middle of the day, but I would want to be at Animal Kingdom, like I said, at Rope Drop to get there before, hopefully, before the bulk of the crowd. But then I'm going to be fighting those crowds at night because I'm going to want to see that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Might be a good idea just thinking strategy wise for people who want to see it at night to go after like whenever the first rivers of light showing is going. That's when most of the fast passes in the um, dining packages are for the first showing. So if you went while that was going on, you might miss some because I I would assume that after rivers of light is when 90% of that crowd is going to head back into Pandora. Right. And they're kind of on opposite sides yeah they're far away from each other so, back in asia right right yeah. when i was there it was kind of a, a cluster the way they have it with with the early show emptying out and the people waiting for the new show so it's like a traffic nightmare in that whole it's area terrible starting at about seven thirty. yeah where rivers of light come <laughs> that whole corridor where everest is leading up around to the nemo theater is just a mess just yeah, a mess. It really, really so is. it's really going to bottleneck people so that may be a good plan of action for now like you said adrian during that first showing 
kind of like the old Magic Kingdom uh, double parade theory, you know, while the first parade's going on, 90% of your families with young kids are waiting for that first parade, the first castle projection show, and then, you know, after Wishes, that was at 10 or 9, whatever, depending on the season, then a lot of people would, would just leave out of there. So mm-hmm. that, that that may be the course of action as well for Animal Kingdom for a while. So that that's probably a good good plan. Yeah, I think that will well, I say that would be our plan, but I actually have a dining package for the first rivers of light showing. <laughs> so you know, it's hard to plan these things six months out. Uh, it is. <laughs> now you did you didn't did you see Rivers of Light at all? No, I still it? haven't seen it. Okay. I'm just curious to see, I'm curious to see what anybody else thinks. I think I'm the only one that's seen it so far. Yeah, I I wanted to, but for this quick re- weekend trip, I was already dealing with cranky children. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't going to push it too hard. Oh, I um, can't wait to be in the park after dark. I've yet to be in the park after dark. Oh, Milford. Oh, it's Milford. Oh, you're going to... And it's beautiful. And walking back through that section that we were just talking about that gets so congested, the mm-hmm. overhanging lights, lights are yeah. just gorgeous gorgeous the previous to this trip that i just went on in april with my family the only other time i'd been there at night was in 2012 or 13 whatever year they saw they opened new fantasy land my brother and i had gone down for a trip in like mid-november and it was decorated for christmas and only the front part of the park is has Christmas lights and such on it. And, and he was like, I've never been to Animal Kingdom on night. Let's go. Because they had it open late. Not too late. It was maybe open till 8 o'clock. But then again, it got dark early. And we were just wandering around. And I tried to take as many pictures of signage and lanterns and lamps and stuff like that. Because I, like you, Adrian, like to take pictures of all the backdrop stuff. And just I was, right. just, I was just blown away by the beauty at night. And, like, not much was open. You know, grab some beers here and there at, at kiosks and such. But... Man, that place was beautiful at night. And then when we were there this past April, I was it was awesome just just walking around at night. It just really is. Yeah. The landscape is just beautiful oh, everywhere except for like the Dinoland area because you, know, you should just stay out of that area yeah. anyway. But <laughs> but even that's kind of pretty because we walked through that it is, when it was it, like it's... right at dusk. And if now it's completely removed from the rest of the park because it doesn't fit the theming of the rest of the park, but yeah. it still has that pretty like. Yeah, vintage carnival kind of thing, which right, is pretty yeah. in and of itself. It just doesn't match it everything else. <laughs> but that whole main area, just after you come past the Tree of Life and you and you go over that first bridge, either past Dawa and you head over towards like where Pizzafari is, and almost towards where the entrance of Pandora is, like that little corridor where they have those cool lights with like the multicolored glass in it, like those big lanterns. I think they're the ones that right are along either Pizzafari or uh, Flame Tree. That just that whole theming there is just awesome, and then with the with the lighting that they have on it because it's so subtle and it is a very dark park. It's not like super super lit, so I mean you you got to watch where you're going, but it's it's just simply gorgeous. And I can only imagine what the uh, what the new land is going to be like with the bioluminescent yeah. and everything else is just going to add to it. So I was yeah, the, I can't wait. How was the I know it's hard to tell because they were limiting the amount of people in and out, but with the amount of people they were having in there, how was like the the flow of the land, like traffic wise? Is it like if you went in one direction and wanted I to think, turn back around and go the other way or something? Is it like is it wider? Is it? It's. I'm I'm looking at the park map now, and when you come in through past Tiffins and the Nomad Lounge, it's and you go over that little bridge, you come in. And you're staring at the um, at the floating mountains, and you can either go left or right. Okay. Left takes you towards the Navi River Journey. Right takes you towards the Satuli Canteen, and then if you go forward and up a little bit, you end up at the Flight of Passage. But they and then they kind of connect back there underneath the floating mountains. So I think when you come in, it it'll. I don't think it's going to bottleneck too badly because there's so many different places you can go. Right. But it's pretty small. With the amount of traffic that I assume is going to start, it's going to, I think it's going to be pretty crowded, especially right there under the floating mountains where everybody's going to be trying to get pictures and where they have the photo pass photographers. I think it's 
I don't think it has a terrible potential for bottlenecking, like we were talking about back there towards Everest. Right. But so, but I don't, it doesn't have an easy flow either because it's not a circle. Okay. It's it's more like a delta going out into the ocean. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I got because <laughs> well because I think last week before we recorded or after we were looking at trying to look at maps and stuff and uh, just trying to see the flow of the land and how it and where yeah. where it emptied out because I know it kind of it empties out over by where Lion King is. Yeah, and it Lion does King do show. that. And I think we had talked a little bit about how that's kind of how they were going to direct the pass holders through or okay. the preview people through, but they didn't. Oh, we they came didn't. right back out through okay. um, Nomad Lounge. Now, we'll say when we left at 5 o'clock, you know, we didn't have a line when we got there at 2.30, but the 6 o'clock preview people were backed up so far. Oh, wow. <laughs> at 5 o'clock, that line was insane. Um, and we were talking to a cast member as we were walking out and she was looking at the sky, which was getting dark. It was about to start pouring rain. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, and she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these people and get them in and let them have their preview time, but also not be ruined by all the rain. So, but I think if you're there for the preview, a little rain's not going to stop you. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they were planning on letting people in early right. so, that, so that that wouldn't be too big of a deal. But yeah, so I didn't even get to go out the other side. So I, like I said, given from the map, it looks like that's where it would come out near Festival of the Lion King. And there was the one and only sign in Pandora did say either Discovery Island or Africa. So it kind of oh, directed. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, but overall, it was, it was a great experience. I'm really excited to go look at it again. I'm very glad that, because we saw lots of people with their kids bringing them in, I'm very glad my kids weren't with me because I really had a chance to look and take it all in because next time it'll, you know, there'll be so many more people and I'll be, you know, trying to talk my daughter into eating a cheeseburger steam bun <laughs> and, you know, I promise it tastes like a hamburger. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looks weird, but I promise that's what it tastes like. <laughs> you know, so it was, I was very glad that I had that opportunity and shout out to my sister for babysitting. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, any other questions? Did you go into any of the souvenir shops or you didn't bother with any of that either? We did because when you come out of Flight of Passage, it, it dumps directs you into you one. one. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me tell you, we talked about the front queue being long. The line to get out of it was just not quite as long, but like only maybe half of it. <laughs> you still wind down through the mountain and you go back and forth all these ramps before it finally spits you out in the gift shop. Wow. Yeah. It must, it must be having to do with the logistics of how where they had to actually build the attraction yeah you know the show building must be behind where you can't see it and obviously the floating mountains are the facade so right. to lead you in almost like soaring i mean that's long but it's not i mean it's very wide so right i mean if they had a, a skinny think of I, i've not seen this new one yet but it kind of reminds me of of what they did for the inside of nemo I mean, that's not a huge space, but the way they have you snake in there, yeah. it, seem, it seems like you're walking for miles, but yeah. it's not. I mean, when you first walk in, if you look, you can see where you're going to end up, but but, <laughs> but you snake around 172 times. Ariel's yeah. kind of like that, too. but Yeah, Ariel's definitely like that. Well, uh, I, you know what? It's That's smart on their part because it keeps the capacity. People are inside, and... I guess it makes you feel like you're gaining somewhere for when, you know, you know the crowds are going to be insane. You know that thing's going to have giant yeah. lines and huge weights, just like when all the other big ones reopened and have opened again. So right. I, I, I got to imagine learning from, like you said, Frozen, Mind Train, and obviously pulling from Soren since it seems to be a similar concept to that, mm -hmm. with that adding the... Maybe they've taken numbers from when they added that third theater, and and they know what capacity it is. Soren holds a hell of a lot of people. Yeah, I can't remember the number you Not said for lot. how many people there were on this on this attraction, but now assuming that there's only one theater on the inside, and that was my assumption, because when the first time we wrote it, we were directed to line number three, and it took me upstairs like I had to walk upstairs to get to it okay. but the second time I was directed to row number four which was down a ramp huh. but I'm 
But like I said, there were only six rows and they were only letting 16 people go at a time from those rows. So my assumption is that we were all going, because from what I've seen online, the, the ride setup is, it's in tiers, kind of like Soren. Okay. So you've got 16 across and I think there's two different sets. I don't know. It, I'm good. I'm looking forward to seeing how logistically it's built, which I'm sure we'll learn more of later. Yeah, I'm curious about yeah, that too. Yeah, now, so, that, now that you're saying that, I'd like to see what like the layout is. Yeah, and you don't see that's the other thing that I prefer this to Soren because Soren is one of my favorite attractions ever too. But you know, in Soren, you're never you're never fully immersed because you're seeing feet dangle above you, or right. if you're off to the right, you know, the Eiffel Tower is curved. Um, right, right, and you right. don't get any of that. The only people I were I was aware of the entire ride were the people immediately to my right and left. Um, oh, wow. You couldn't see unless you like really stuck your neck out and looked to the side. You couldn't see anybody else. Cool. Yeah. Well, I got to imagine they learned from like from Soren, I guess, if they're basing it on that, because that seems to be the biggest complaint of the new film, the all CGI one. That you know, if you're on the ends. You know, it looks all warped and distorted and kind of crappy looking. So, yeah, compared to the yeah. first film, which was obviously all shot, you know, analog, regular cameras, and not just made on a computer. Right, exactly. I'm glad you had a good time. Sounds we awesome. really did. I mean, it sounds like you got a lot, lot done in the two hours that they gave you for sure. You definitely maximized your time. Yeah, and I. I think, and I read somewhere that there were 2,000 guests allowed in at a time. Yeah, that's what I read, too. And I thought, gosh, that's a really big number. But it didn't feel like that at all. So, I mean, there was barely a line to get food. There there was plenty of seating whenever we went to eat lunch. So, it didn't, I don't know how many people they're expecting to come in at a time. But 2,000 felt like nothing. I was going to say, that probably gets swallowed up pretty much by the could be by the two attractions yeah you know what i mean I mean, 2000 sounds like a big number but then when they're but when you're doing 100 people at a time right you know that's and i don't of... know what i don't know what the capacities are for those you know per hour yeah as, well as i was just looking one. up soren and soren has a capacity of 87 guests at a time okay and then when i just did a search for capacity it says it serves about 1100 people per hour Soren does. Soren does. So I would assume okay. with a little bit more of a capacity, we're looking at probably 13, 1,400 people an hour can go through that. That's probably a safe assumption. Yeah. So, I mean, like we've like we've said several times, I think they've learned. Right. I think they've expanded, and I think that they've tried, they've tried to allow for the crowds as much as possible. Right. Now, how long roughly was that? attraction like start to finish from that i have no idea okay (laughs) (laughs) you're so into it i have no idea right i was just wondering if you just had like (laughs) a general idea of how long the the timing was from when you went in that first room until you were done all right no that's good i mean that's good you're not worried about it i just thought it was funny that you know that the that riverboat, which now I'm looking forward to the Banshee ride as well, but I'm not a big thrill ride seeker, and that's I'm glad that that it's just like Soren, it's not anything more crazy than that. But I was really looking forward to the nice leisurely boat ride, and I'm kind of disappointed that it's only a few minutes long. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. I was looking for another like small world with different beings and cool lights to look at. Yeah, it <laughs> but, felt very short. I didn't time it or anything, but yeah, it, yeah, felt, yeah. it felt short because all of a sudden you're at the shaman, and you're like, oh, look, there she is, and then you're yeah, getting yeah. off. Well, because you know what, that that one's gonna that was probably just built to be a people eater. Then, yeah, it's just gonna churn, and like it's I said, just, just gonna show churn off people the out. Biolum- bioluminescence if you can only go during the day or right. something like that. Clearly, the e ticket was gonna be the the banshee ride. Oh yeah. Now, how was the other? I'll ask you one more thing. That I know Milford had something I think he wanted to say. Uh, did the thing like wasn't it supposed to like breathe or move or do something when you're it on did. it? Yeah. Yes. How was that? You totally felt that. Like right around your knees, you could feel the ride vehicle expand as if it were breathing. And the first time wow. we went on it, it was completely seamless. It felt very natural. But the second time I rode it, mine felt creaky. 
Like you kind of felt it get caught a little bit. So, I mean, I know they're still working out, but yeah, he's tired. He has some COPD. He's fine. (laughs) Thin air air up in the mountains. Right. (laughs) I had the old banshee. But um, yeah, so that kind of took me out a little bit because I giggled some. But overall, I mean, still, it was, it's really cool that, because that's not something that my brain would think of if I was imagining an attraction, which is clearly why I'm not an Imagineer. Right. I wouldn't think, hey, we should make it feel like it's breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't see the movie either, so I don't know if that was like something in the movie that was kind of prominent. So I I have no idea if that's a big pull from the movie or, I mean, obviously, if you're writing a living creature, you're probably going to feel it breathing or doing something, but... Yeah, you're right though. That is a cool little touch to throw in there, just to make it that extra, get that extra, you know, sensory factor yeah. in. So that's cool. So I guess last week there was a whole bunch of people posting that they didn't get to ride it because the ride vehicle wouldn't close on them. Did you experience anybody getting not being able to ride it because they were too tall or too? I didn't. Portly. Um, and really, I. I don't know what the size capacity is. My husband and I are both fairly average people, but it it clearly, I mean, there's a lot of space when you're, I mean, the, I'm, I'm terrible at estimating sizes, so don't take anything that I take as gospel or anything. But when I sat down, I had to scoot up fairly far and there was a good bit of seat behind me. And then, like I said, the back closure that comes up is even in the video that they make you watch is custom to your body it stops at you so if you have a smaller child say it closes in further to get them in nice and secure so so i don't know about height i had to assume you'd have to be a pretty tall person for most of the complaints we heard was the thing that comes down on your back comes Mm -hmm. to a point and you hear it click Mm-hmm. But then a cast member came along and pushed on it further and couldn't get it to click the second time. Mm-hmm. So they end up having to open it and escort that person off, Aww. not being able to ride. That would and, be disappointing. And the video I saw showed several seats open mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah, I didn't experience that in either of the the times that I went through it. Interesting. Um, but I guess there's always a capacity, right. you know, a, a size capacity. So Yeah. I, I had heard nothing like that with the back thing. Uh, people I know had, who had ridden it and people above average size or bigger bigger people in general, I had heard that weight wasn't a problem and height was not an issue. There was something that it felt like your legs, if you had, like, big calves or really Yeah, because there's something thick, that cinches you had down really, on your legs. Yeah, if you had really thick... Yeah, these two flaps come back about at your calf level. Yes, that's what I heard the issue was. Like, So, like, a couple of guys I know who work out a lot are, are runners and have big, defined calves, that that was kind of become not an issue. Like, those things wouldn't close right or you wouldn't feel the the breathing part. Something, <clears throat> it was something along those lines that they were worried about. But it didn't seem like height or weight was any sort of an issue. Okay. From people and I can that, see that because the ride vehicle feels like, I mean, it's very open. Right. Because like and, I said, it's motorcycle-like. And and these were, you know, people who were telling me like would go on, uh, say, Mind Train because that mm-hmm. thing is tiny. I mean, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a little guy. I'm 5'6", and my knees are up to the thing, up to the stupid bar on, on Mind Train because that, mm-hmm. that thing is tight. So, you know, guys who couldn't fit in, in Mind Train because they were just a little portlier or just bigger physique in general we're fine on it on, yeah. the, uh, on the Banshee ride. So yeah, who knows? Maybe some of that stuff they'll be able to adjust out. And like, it didn't feel like the leg portions were as conforming because I didn't feel them up against the back of my legs at all, unless I moved my leg backwards. So okay. I think it was more of a, I don't know, like a precautionary thing right. as opposed to like a, the actual thing that's holding you in. Gotcha. But, I don't know. I, I didn't like I said. I didn't. I didn't feel anything against my legs. I knew they were there if I moved back, but I didn't feel them. Right. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So, what about the merchandise? Because I'm assuming everything in 
Pandora is specifically Pandora themed and they don't have like the generic, you know, Mickey Mouse stuff, but in the rest of the Animal Kingdom, can you get Pandora stuff or is it just in that land? I think it's just in that land. Now that may change, but, and again, I don't go into a lot of merchandise stores, but I didn't, I didn't see anything Pandoran in any of the other gift shops that we walked through. Hmm. So I do feel like it's kind of concentrated in there. Right. I I was going to ask a similar question to what Jessica said, because I was having con- conversations with people who I knew, but didn't go in any of the, any of the gift shops. And I was going to say how much, how much blue people stuff was there to your generic Mickey's and Minnie's and antenna toppers and lollipops all over the place or <laughs> because, because that's always the biggest complaint now with, with all of most of the merchandise shops in, in any of the four parks, there's really not much specialty stuff anymore in all the lands where it used to be that way a long time ago. So I was wondering if I'm sure there's Pandora themed stuff and probably things from the ride and, and Navi plushes and all sorts of other things, but it's just, yeah, there were tons of t-shirts. I remember seeing a bunch of t-shirts. Like I said, lots of Banshee things, bubble wands. I didn't see any bubble wands. There is. I didn't see... they have Are them. there? Yep. But I did, like I said, I didn't see anything that I could go to world of Disney and get. Right, or, right. And then there was one other thing. Oh, I can't think of it. There was something else I was going to ask about the merchandise, but I can't think of it now. Oh, was there a... Uh... Oh, I'm thinking of Rivers of Light. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> they had those lotus flower popcorn buckets. I was thinking of that, but I thought there was some other... Uh... I thought there was some other uh, Navi gift that was that seemed to be... That I saw seemed... It was like a glow-in-the-dark... looked like a teardrop type thing. Was that like the tail thing or something? <laughs> It was like a. I don't know. It was like a teardrop looking. I don't know if it was something you wore on your shoulder or it was like a, not a backpack. I don't know. It was something for kids. Maybe it was the tail. Maybe it was one of those tail things, and it lit up. I, I can't remember what it was, but I did see pictures of, of that. I don't. The only thing that I saw on a shoulder was the Banji pet thing, which I think is pretty expensive. I want to say I read somewhere it's like forty bucks or something. Is that the thing oh. that you get to like name yourself or it grows yeah. or something? I thought that was yeah. like a virtual, not a virtual. Yeah, like I saw a picture with somebody on its, on its shoulder, and I thought it was like one of those magic, you know, things that they just that the PhotoPass thing puts in. I didn't realize it was an actual <laughs> something you can buy. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up now. Holy hmm. crap! It's going on eBay for 165 dollars. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of banshee rookery and i think it sits on your shoulder and it looks like it has a little um like a pump almost and when you touch it maybe <laughs> it moves it's know. like a, it's like one of them furbies will talk to you maybe <laughs> and i thought it was plush but the things i'm looking at online right now make it look like a plastic toy huh. so i don't know I did see somebody walking out with one as we were leaving the park. Right. But I thought I'm not. No. I'm not. Too. Nope. That's fun to, fun, to, <laughs> fun to play with and put back on the shelf. Yes. Something <laughs> to you steer see? my children away from. Yeah. D- did you see that people are selling the 3D glasses on eBay from? No. The... Oh. Yeah. I don't God. know why you'd want those. Nothing I wish you want those. Nothing is sacred. That's hilarious. It would be really easy to walk out with it, though. I can see the glasses. Yeah, I'm sure, just like any of the other 3D attractions. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I have a Toy Story pair kicking around here and a Star, <laughs> and a Star Tours one. You got three kids. One of them is not going to put them in the thing at it the end of the true. day. It you is know, true. It's, it's not, done, not done on purpose, because what the hell do you do with them when you get home? Nothing. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to get my daughter on that ride. So far, I've told her... Very little, except for it's like you're watching a movie and you're sitting on a motorcycle. Because I'm afraid she's going to get really nervous and she won't get on it. So I just haven't told her. <laughs> like, you're going to love it. That's all. <laughs> Say you're going to like it. Don't worry. Mother knows best. Right. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm, I'm even more excited now to see everything than I was originally because staying away from social media and videos and Obviously, I looked at pictures, but pictures don't do stuff like that any sort of justice, so... 
Yeah. But yeah. hearing hearing your descriptions of everything is uh, pretty cool because I hadn't read anything about either of the attractions. And there, I mean, you could take as many pictures and as many videos as you wanted up until you sat on the ride vehicle. And then every single time a cast member said, no videos, no pictures, nothing. Right. So I was, I had no idea what the ride was going to be like. Yeah. And uh, so it was a wonderful surprise Cool. to finally get to experience it. But I figured they've done a good thing if people like us who have never seen the movie were still really excited to go to the land. I think that says a lot about Disney's push towards technology and one-upping themselves and their competitors and right. their level of theming. Absolutely. Well, because Disney doesn't have to push the movie. They're not... Right. They just bought... I think I read or I heard something about it. They just have the licensing rights to use the name and like the... Images and Images char- and, and characters of it. Right. It matters nothing to them what the monetarily what the, what the movies do in the theater or or people buying them it has no effect on them because they didn't yeah. like buy into the franchise so it behooved them to do what they do best and disneyfy it for lack of a better word with the concept that they were allowed to use by you know through James Cameron so right i mean yeah all the power to them i mean i like i said i i've not heard one bad thing and everything I've read and seen from people I've known or follow that have gone there have just been blown away by just the just the land in general attractions aside just just how it looks and and visually what there is to take in I saw some detail pictures of like the walkways like this is where this is where like kind of like what you were explaining about which things were the lime green those are what are Mm going to glow I guess on the ground you can kind of tell where the bioluminescence is going to be on the yeah. side sidewalk, kind of like in Epcot, you know, where when you're walking out there by Interventions, where it has the, you know, the cool shapes and the funny, the cool things in, in that little piece of sidewalk there by the mm-hmm. Interventions Plaza. So imagine that tenfold throughout a whole land. I mean, that's that is what I am most stoked for because I love that part of walking out of Epcot. <laughs> so to see a whole everything doing that, it's like, you know, my eyes are going to pop out of my sockets. So. Yeah, it was a it was a really good experience. It was a really good weekend. And I know we didn't talk about talking about this, but I just wanted to throw it out there and ask because it was the other first for me this weekend was um, Happily Ever After. I know Crystal's gone. Has she seen that yet? If I know. I don't know if she has because she was away in Disneyland. Right. So I'm not sure if she's been back to to the park since she's been back in town. Well, she has really she quickly, said it. Yeah. I just really quickly wanted to put it out there that it's amazing. I know those that watched it together, I don't know how y'all felt about it, but <laughs> I, I liked it. I thoroughly it cool. enjoyed it. I thought it was a little light on fireworks, but it was. It was, but the and very projection heavy, so it was kind of hard to get a spot. Mm-hmm. My usual fireworks spot does not work for that. Um, you almost have to be on Main Street. Yeah, it was, and that was uncomfortable because I don't do really well compressed into a crowd, but um, (laughs) it was worth it for the first time to see it. But I just wanted to throw that out there since that's another new thing that has come out recently. And I hadn't, and I had been staying staying spoiler free for that one as well. And thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I have not watched any videos or anything of for that show as well, but from what I have heard, uh, it's been fantastic, and I kind of surmounted from the from the videos that they had, that Disney had put out, and and that little teaser they did about the making of it and the music and and such that it wasn't going to be as fireworks heavy, and I think that's probably what they're gearing towards, probably for a money standpoint. I mean, it, yeah. you know, what is it, fifteen thousand a night or something like that for wishes and. You know, Illuminations is closer to thirty thousand, I think, with between the pyrotechnics. So, you know, it adds up. I mean, as much as actually, I Illuminations is seventy five thousand a night. Is it? Okay. Holy cow! Yeah, well, I knew I, because a lot of it's because of the gas. It's because of the gas. Because uh, yeah, I think yeah. Wishes was around like fifteen. I think uh, Fantasmic was closer to thirty. Yeah, the numbers are crazy. But yeah, Illuminate. You're right, Milford. Illuminations was some twice or three times what the other shows were because of the gas. 
yeah. that they use for all the fire and stuff. Yeah. And that's why that one's the best, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going anywhere time anytime soon because they fixed the globe. They found somebody to make parts for the globe. Perfect. Oh, good. That's, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad. <laughs> it's good for now. Don't take anything else away from Epcot. I know. <laughs> Jeez. I know. Well, hey, I mean, if we're to the point where we can talk about a couple other things, did anybody hear the rumors today? I sure did. So, rumor is that the 3 o'clock parade at Magic Kingdom is no longer going to be the 3 o'clock parade. It's going to be the 2 o'clock parade. parade. And Paint the Night Parade apparently has been packed up in trucks, destined to some location, but nobody has announced where. So, well, it can't so get it's too a good possibility trading? it should be coming to Florida. Can't get too far on a truck. It's not yeah. going overseas on a truck. So. Yeah, they could put it on a boat from a truck. I mean, <laughs> depends on if they loaded it in sea containers. They could, but... they got to get it to the coast, you know. Yeah. Well, it's on the coast. California. <laughs> <laughs> they would go from that side if they were taking it over to one of the Asian parks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd bring it to Paris at this point. They haven't figured out what the hell they're doing over there yet. But who knows? We'll don't find they out. have their own? Don't doesn't Paris have its own nighttime thing anyway? I believe they have some version, or they did, of the electrical parade, or something. Yeah. I forget what it's what they had over there. I don't remember. But yeah, that we well, hey, we need something. I mean, I, I've heard good things about Paint Tonight. I've never seen it. I've never watched a video of it. Uh, I've heard the musical score, which is pretty cool. So, anything's better than nothing. Yeah, they definitely need something else at nighttime at Magic Kingdom. I mean, a brand new original one would be awesome, but I don't know if that's ever happening anytime soon. We'll just have to see. But yeah, I did. Uh, I did hear that today. There was there was a bunch of that going around. So I guess that's good news. Three o'clock parade is never the three o'clock parade unless you're standing in Frontierland. <laughs> when it steps off, if you're on Main Street, it's like Correct. it's like the three thirty parade. By the time it yeah. gets all the way the hell down there, <laughs> well, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. So let me let me put a plug in for the tenth anniversary Disney meet here in Indy, uh, the end of August. If you're gonna be in town, uh, you can go to www.mwfk.org, which is Magical Wishes for Kids. It's an organization we started here in Indianapolis that uh, funds, does philanthropic fundraising for Give Kids the World in Florida, which Give Kids the World is the organization that helps with Make-A-Wish. Got a lot of things planned, just to highlight a few things. Uh, Yeehaw Bob is going to be here. Uh, Herbie the Love Bug. We have a bigger hall, so we'll have a lot more room. Uh, the 501st, the guys that do the uh, Star Wars costumes from the Empire side and also from the Rebel side will be here. Uh, there'll be a silent auction and raffles, and if you wear your Mickey ears, you'll get two additional raffle tickets when you come in the door. Huh. They'll have uh, people here from Once Upon, Once Upon a Princess, Indiana, and I will tell you, last year, the two girls that came were dressed as Anna and Elsa. And, I mean, they were looked identical to some of the ones they have in the park. So Nice. We're actually going to be doing a group podcast from there. So I'll be participating in that. Along with, I'll have my travel agency set up there to answer questions for people as well. So, again, it's uh, www.mwfk.org, or you can do a Google search for magical wishes for kids so and all the money raised goes to give kids the world so just wanted to get that plug in there yeah definitely definitely cool yeah yeah so if anybody's out there in that area definitely go check that out i know if i was closer i most definitely would it sounds like uh besides where the money goes to the charity sounds like it's going to be a great time if you're a disney fan to uh link up and hang out with other fellow disney fans and having so much stuff that's cool to the parks, Dole Whip Machine and, and Yeehaw Bob, you know, away from the world at an event like that is pretty awesome. So, very good. All right. So, that's going to do it for this week. We thank Adrian for giving us that great recap. I'm glad she was able to go down there and enjoy some time uh, while the crowds were not as nutty. 
So we'll be interested in hearing about when she was down there during the regular opening time and then with her family and children and strollers and everything else because that's definitely a different approach and uh, I'm sure she's all ready and prepared for it anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Waking my family up, it's early. Like There might not even be roosters crowing yet. They're getting up out of bed. <laughs> Got to do it. Where are you staying? This time we're actually staying off-site. Oh. Yeah. The five of us, myself, my husband, my two kids, and my sister, were all cramped in a room at Pop Century this weekend. And we decided that a three-bedroom condo sounds much more comfortable for a full week. I say so. <laughs> yes. So uh, we're off-site. It's like four miles outside of Disney Springs, maybe. Okay. So. That's not bad. Eh, got to do what you got to do. Gotta, gotta do, do which I gotta be able to breathe occasionally. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Well, it's nice with the kids. I mean, to have the room. We usually yeah. try to get either a one or one bedroom at least on on property if we're there. Spend a little bit of extra just because it's nicer to have all the kids in one room yeah. and have your own sleeping space instead of being all on top of each other. Doesn't work with five. No. <laughs> that extra kid no. <laughs> makes it all screwed up. So. <laughs> until, until they get old enough like Melanie and you can just get them all their own room. You go down in that room. Yes. And Mahami and Daddy are in yes. this room. <laughs> Separated by a, <laughs> by a full wall instead of a door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, we thank you for listening again. As always, you can head over to the DizExplorers.com and find us on there. You can find links to our Facebook group and Twitter and Instagram and also links to all our troopers, our individual personal accounts on all the social media sites. You can download this podcast on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and also on YouTube. Thank you again for listening. We'll talk to everybody next time.